For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. you can catch us it's the c3 panthers podcast brought to you by carolina cat chronicles.com where every tuesday night at 9 p.m we chop up the latest panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective i'm here tonight with cody lashney my friends the season we're 50 episodes deep we can taste the end we can taste the sweetness of a new beginning we're here to chop it up how you doing I'm doing wonderful, man. It's a Tuesday night. I'm here with my favorite chat room in the world. Underground West, Legacy of the Land. Shockhead was in the chat. There's so much to talk about, Tony. Tonight we have an absolutely loaded show. I mean, I mean, where do we even start, man? There's so much to talk about. I'm ready to do it. Ready to do it with you, brother. Shout out and all the love to Joe Riolano. Prayers up to you, my man. And, hey, man, let's do it. We're ready to go. A tremendous amount of Panthers news to talk about, which is always fun. What I, what I love about this is that every time you expect to be a lull, a day off, in a sense, you know, the season coming to, the, to an end, the Panthers not making the playoffs, you see these other teams going on. There's always a good storyline, and we're here to sniff it out with you guys. It's episode 18.50. You can subscribe to the channel on YouTube, on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as make sure if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, go ahead and turn your phone to portrait mode. Smash that thumbs up button. Jump in the conversation, and you know the best way to get up in the show. The number is 252-228-5098. That's the cat calls line. You guys can be a part of the show. And even if you're feeling super, super frisky, you can get into the shindig. The link is in the YouTube notes, right, guys? And you can be part of the video chat with us and have your voice heard on the C3 Panthers podcast. Tonight, guys, the topics. Tepper, our our new owner, the fan-friendly owner, a guy we've started to connect with already, I believe, with David Tepper, billionaire, addresses the fans about the 2018 season and the vision going forward. 
We also have hired a new secondary coach, Jalen Ramsey, jumping in. He cannot stop talking trash, and we're going to be talking about him tonight, as well as the Panthers have two rookie standouts who made the ESPN all-rookie team. So all that plus your cat calls. Again, the number is 252-228-5098. And guys, uh, Cody, let's just jump in with this. The news today, the Panthers hired a new secondary coach, Perry Fuel. Fuel. How do you say that? I'm just going to say Perry Fuel. It's F-E-W-E-L-L. I mean, your guess is as good as mine, man. I'm assuming it's Fuel. Um, What we know about him right now is that he was the defensive backs coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And last year, uh, in 2017, rather, uh, that was a good defensive backs unit. Uh, Granted, they had uh, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye back there, and both of those guys are very talented. So, uh, you know, you don't necessarily know how much of it was on the players or the coaching. But um, he is a guy that is from the Carolinas. He's worked with Ron Rivera before. Uh, with the Chicago Bears coaching staff in 2005. And as I said, he's from North Carolina. So he is very excited about the opportunity to be back home and to be with an old friend in Ron Rivera. Um, It's not a surprising hire, in my opinion. Ron does like to hire people that he has something of a history with. And from um, all sources, he seems to come pretty highly touted um, unless you're Jalen Ramsey, which when doesn't Jalen Ramsey have a bunch of trash to talk about well, everyone around him? You know, he's a, I think he reminds me of another DB that's on our team and that's Dante Jackson, just a guy who always has something to say, even if it's not even that much of trash talk, to be honest, we'll get into that. Continuing on Perry fuel again, you guys in the chat room, if you can phonetically spell the name. You know, what I like about this hire is, you know, we've we've heard other names in Chuck Bagano, who I believe is now the defensive coordinator with, is it the Browns, maybe? Pagano was hired on with the Bears. Bears, Bears, good, good for him, right? Going into a stellar defense there. But we heard Chuck Pagano's name, being floated around for this same position, a secondary coach. What I like about this, in, in Cody, is that there is an experience there. He's been a head, he's been a defensive coordinator in the past, and now he's taking a positional coach job. And what I what I think we lacked in this past season, if you look at the coaching staff and you wanted to try to ferret out a reason for the reason for the coaching staff being the weakness on defense. We all look to Eric Washington in his first year as defensive coordinator. You see them let go of some assistants. Uh, Brady Hoke being one of those guys who was not, I don't think had a ton of experience in the NFL, but at the same time, these guys, what my point being is limited amount of experience from the larger perspective. Now you get potentially a coach who has been in and seen the bigger picture of a defense and can identify how that smaller unit plays into the larger picture. That's why I'm I'm happy about the Panthers bringing in some outside talent with some outside experience. Yeah, and, you know, we don't know um, a ton about him. I mean, we, we know, obviously, what the Internet tells us and about uh, his past a, a little bit. 
but uh, we don't know too much about formations and you know how he likes to run things, be it man or, or zone or you know what's the ratio between the two that he likes to run. But I also think that still most of that is probably going to fall on Ron Rivera and Eric Washington. However, they determined they want our defense to run um, in 2019, and uh, hopefully. He will have a um, a good impact on James Bradbury. You know, we have people in our fan base that, you know, they're hot and cold on Bradbury. And everyone knows that Dante Jackson is such an incredible talent. I mean, he came on so strong uh, this year. As we said, made the rookie all-pro team this year. Dante Jackson will be incredible for a long time. So I'm hoping that he's the coach that's going to be able to get the most out of Dante. And, and James Bradbury, before we have to pay him, you know, top dollar cornerback money. Let's go ahead and put up tweet two from Jalen Ramsey, who jumped in the conversation today. Jalen Ramsey, who has been a standout, a kind of a star, not kind of a star, a rookie sensation who comes into the league and who has continued to play hot name, an identifiable name on Jacksonville, right? And a guy that has been playing at the very worst at expectation, right? This season, the Jacksonville Jaguars had a down year as a team, but at the same time, Jalen Ramsey tweets out, good luck to Corn Elder and G-Money 7 era. Who's that? That's Deshaun Galt- Galden. Rashawn Galden. Yeah, yeah Rashawn, Rashawn, Rashawn Galden. Galden. So he tweets out this, good luck air, uh, to Corn Elder and Rashawn Galden. And then he has the crying face, laughing emoji. And all we can assume is that this is in reference to this hire as uh, Perry Fuel. Fuel. I, I feel silly saying it every time, not knowing what it, what the real pronunciation is. But this is kind of a jab at this. But, Cody, tell me a little bit about how Jalen Ramsey performed while he was working with Perry. Well, Jalen Ramsey had a down year, but really so did the entire Jacksonville Jaguars football team. And the reason why I kind of disagree with your assessment about comparing Jalen Ramsey to Dante Jackson is that, yeah, they're both loud, but I don't think that Dante is the type of loud. They're chatty cappies. They they are, but Jalen Ramsey is the type of person that will talk, but also doesn't seem to take responsibility for his own level of play. Like, why Why was it the, the fault of Fuel that your entire defense played like trash? You're supposed to be this top cornerback, but that didn't stop opposing quarterbacks from throwing all over you. You were talking all this trash about Josh Allen before the year started, and then Josh Allen was throwing all over you. So you have to have a level of responsibility, and it just doesn't feel as though Ramsey has that. So I damn sure wouldn't base um, any assessment on uh, Perry uh, from coming from Jalen Ramsey at all. Uh, you know, and there was even talks about Jacksonville wanting to trade Ramsey. I don't know if they were true. I saw it floating around Twitter and Reddit. Um, he just seems to be a person that's bad for the locker room. So you can have all the talent in the world, but if people don't want to work with you, and if you're bad with the other people around you that you're playing with every Sunday, ultimately you're not giving to your football team you're taking away from them. So I would take this with a grain of salt. Uh, sometimes a new environment is helpful. It's helpful to coaches anyway. So 
I'm excited, and I think fans everywhere should be also. According to the sportingnews.com, it's not, quote, it's not clear exactly why Ramsey had issues with fuel. Jacksonville had a lot of success with him as its DB coach boasting the number one pass defense in 2017 and the number two pass defense in 2018. There aren't any reports that continue of the two having issue with each other, but here's the final part of the story or of the quote. Fuel did admit once that Ramsey is not always easy to deal with. Here's where I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited about this hire even more because of the Ramsey comments here. What we've seen is this, is Jalen Ramsey potentially played some of his best football working with this individual and was irritated by him. To me, what that indicates here, if I'm guessing, a young man who's always mouthing off at everybody, even when he probably shouldn't be mouthing off and has a hard time eating crow and wiping the egg off his face when it does come back, when the when it comes back to roost or whatever the saying is. Yeah. What this indicates to me is that Parafuel right here is the guy who is pushing people to the limits of their ability pushing them to the fringes, a not a disciplinarian necessary. Sometimes it's not being about a disciplinarian, but a perfectionist and having an expectation here. To me, I like this already. I don't see anything right here. In fact, this is just padding the idea that this is a good idea. Bring in talent from the outside, bring in experience for the outside, bolster some of this coaching staff that has been pecked away because of hires from Sean McDermott going to Buffalo or whether it be Wilkes going to the Arizona Cardinals is that we can only grow internally so much. This is some outside fertilizer. Yeah, and hey, listen, as long as we don't start the season with him stepping down because of some you know, sexual perversions or some crap like oh, our last, like our last defensive back coordinator. Hey, we're starting out better than we were. So, yeah, man, I, I don't see any reason to be uh, upset about this. Listen, we don't know enough yet. So if you see anyone being critical of this hire, I mean, that you know, this, uh, there isn't enough information about what he's going to be able to do with the Panthers yet. We need to be an optimist. Let him have his chance to, you know, uh, do his best work here in Carolina. You're listening to the the C3 Panthers podcast. A heck of a shout out to James Woodley coming in strong with the super chat. Guys, that's tremendous. You can turn your phone to portrait mode, smash that thumbs up button, subscribe iTunes, iTunes, tune in, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. I get all tongue rattled up trying to plug myself. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go ahead and jump in. The num- Oh, I did want to mention this. Uh, Cody, put up tweet number three. One thing, though, the reason what I do like about this, it was Scott or Scott. I think it was Scott. Scott Thomas in the chat said that Galden liked Ramsey's post and Elder liked the Panthers post. The one thing I do and I'm continue, I don't think there's anything real or I believe that even talking about is probably creating something that is more is look, Jalen Ramsey 
and Corn Elder have a history together. They played football together when they were 10 years old. And this is just friends reaching out to me when I think this is just more evidence suggesting that, like, hey, this guy's going to be on your ass. That's how I feel this yeah. is. Jalen yeah. Ramsey is saying this. Jalen Ramsey played his best football when mugs were on his ass, probably. So I that's why I continue to like this. All right. Today, Cody, the big news, the 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 buzz is David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers, Panthers.com put out a video of um kind of Bill Voth. What I loved about this video, Bill Voth and David Tepper, it almost had like a nightline 2020 feel to it. David Tepper was I mean, not David Tepper. Uh, Bill Voth was channeling those, like, I could be on national TV. And, look, I think he did a good job. I'm just saying it really felt, I love this, is that technology is to the point where we just take this small interview and it looks really, really good, like it could be on national television. And it is because we're putting it on the C3 Panthers podcast, which is international, baby. And David Tepper addresses the fans. Let's go ahead and cue up David Tepper talking with Bill Voth, clip number one. Let's do it. From the NFL meeting to coming here and you know seeing the first practices and such. I think my first takeaway is how much I actually enjoy uh, the Charlotte region and the people here. I thought I would, and I actually do. So that's kind of uh, been fun for me, just interacting with fans and, and seeing people, which I actually enjoy people, so that's fun. As far as from the um, football perspective, when I, I was with the Steelers for 10 years, so um, you know, I was been involved, but the amount of emotional attachment surprised me, how much I care. Um, care about winning, care about losing, care about things that happen in the stadium, care about fans. I guess it did surprise me a little bit how much the emotional feeling is. Kind of like uh, it's a child, in a sense. That surprised me, but that feeling of, of attachment or emotion. What I love about this is there's an emotional co- component being established with David Tepper that feels authentic and genuine. He has visited roaring riot tailgates, right? He talks about the fans every time. He talks about the emotion connected with those moments that I think that fans and what we hope to cultivate or at least demonstrate in this podcast does. He talks about being stunned. This is what I like about this. And this is my one t- my one takeaway from his statement, Cody. He talks about being stunned by how much emotion he actually felt. And I've had this experience before. I've been blessed to have three children. And I remember when I was a young 26-year-old man with my first child, expecting to love this child as much as I possibly could, right? It's like, here it comes. You think you know. But when you have the feeling, when you have that experiential knowledge of that, it's tremendous. And I think that that is what David Tipper has done very well with the with Panther fans and is establishing himself as an owner is demonstrating that emotional authenticity. I feel like he's one of us. Yeah, I do. And, you know, David Tepper, 
And we've mentioned this before after David Tepper uh, came on as the Panthers owner that it's so different from Jerry Richardson, who you never, ever, ever heard from for any reason at all. Never. And, nothing. And, and, yeah. And, and listen, sometimes when you hear people talk, uh, you just know they're intelligent. You know, when you hear Elon Musk talk about, you know, flying to Mars or some shit, you know that he's he's into it and he understands what he's talking about. And David Tepper, when you know his background and you see what he's been able to do, you know, uh, in the in the world of Wall Street, uh, you know that he's a man that knows what he's, he knows what he's doing, man. I mean, you don't make that kind of money just making educated guesses, you know. I mean, you have to really put your all behind what you're doing. And it is really cool when, when you hear him talk because, um, you know, he makes you want to listen to him. Like, okay, you know, what, what does David Tepper have to say about this situation? And what does he think about this situation? And it almost has a calming effect, I would even say, that when you yeah, listen to him. Good, that is a great yeah. description right there. It, it is to the point of where we we feel an anxiety, kind of a nervousness of meeting somebody who you believe to be so important, so powerful, so rich. I mean, let's just come down to it. You know what I'm saying? Is that you want to go up to him and be nervous, and right. he is calming. He is. There is an emotional component there. It's a connection. Yeah, it, it there really is, and you know, also knowing what is done in the past, you know that. He is going to do everything in his power to put this organization in the right place to be successful going forward. And, you know, listen, let's be real. And, you know, he, he talks about it later, and we're going to play some of that as well. You know, it talks about Ron Rivera and, and keeping him on. You know, a lot of us were very critical of Ron, and I still am, and I still kind of maintain that I would have been happy if we did look other places for a new coach. And I know even you and I differed on that, Tony. But when you yeah. hear but when you do hear David Tepper talk and you listen to him say, you know, this this next season is going to be my real first season to put my imprint on the organization on the organization in a bigger, more profound manner, you know, that makes you feel like, all right, we haven't even seen the best of what our owner is has yet to do for us and what he plans to do moving forward. And sometimes you just have to trust someone with that level of knowledge about what they do with the organization and just trust that they're going to do the right thing. For me, the word is authenticity. It's a buzzword in my life, and it's an important word there. I tell my students this is you can sniff out bullshit. You can sniff yeah. out when something when it, when it's real, when it's with an, when it's authentic when it's valuable, when it is, in the Italian term, fugazi, right? <laughs> is you can smell these things. You can smell when something's fake and fraudulent and real and authentic. And what I've been waiting for and see, and looking for is any sniff of fugazi. And it's not there. Is ultimately, yeah. David Tepper has come in and said this, is look, is that I want to win. He lives and dies by the fan, the same emotion by, uh, as we do. And that is all we are interested in. Someone who wants to enjoy the emotion of the experience and climb to the pinnacle of winning. And I think we're ready. 
I think that he is bringing the Carolina Panthers into a important direction. Let's go ahead, Cody. We're going to go move on to clip number two. This is a great interview, like a lot of people have been talking about in the chat room. Bill Voth, Panthers.com. You can find all the details in the show notes as well as on Panthers.com. Here's the full interview, David Tepper. Let's cue up clip number two, what David Tepper sees. Right, and before I do play this clip, I, I, th- this is probably my favorite part of the interview because this part is where he sounds the most like you and I on this podcast every Tuesday night when we're looking at the at different things that are happening every Sunday and we see things that we feel like they need to happen and they're apparent to everyone. Well, it's not just apparent to us. It's also apparent to our owner. I think, you know, after a few games, it became apparent that there were some issues with the defense. Um, you know, and how they were communicating on the field and, and different things that were going on. Some of those things were addressed with some of the uh, coaching changes that came a little bit, maybe a little bit too late on the defense side. And, and if you take that side of the ball and you look at that and you say uh, what, we, what was and what you would have expected from the beginning of the season, that has to be the bigger disappointment in some respects. So, yeah, he knows. I, I mean, he knows that we had the personnel – uh, to be successful, and we weren't. And he even went on later to say that the, uh, you know there was a change made in the play calling and in the coaching staff after Ron Rivera made those fires and then decided to take on the defensive play calling over from Eric Washington. And he even said it should have happened sooner. And it, he's right about that. It should have happened sooner. And it was something that you and I and, and Joey were saying the entire time that uh, the defense is out of sorts, you know. Uh, our, our offense may not have, you know, down the stretch been the most dominant in the NFL, but look how many games we lost by six points or less. I mean, we were in the ball game for a majority of the football game. That Seattle Seahawks game comes to mind as, you know, our defense just did not and could not do enough to give our offense a uh, just a, a break at all. And, and David t- Tepper is this. We've talked so much on this podcast about complementary football and the inability of the team to put it all together. What was in many cases we saw as a def- the defense did later on in the se- season have kind of somewhat of a renaissance. And that is yeah. these decisions – you know, supposedly, or Ron, not supposedly, but Ron Rivera takes over the play calling, the demotion of Eric Washington. But what I am 100% with you, Cody, on this, what I like about Tepper here is he called it like we all saw it. And that yeah. is, he's, he is one of us. The defense was a a giant problem this season. And we can point to... The one thing that I am not very disappointed in is you cannot point to season-ending injuries on the defense as the problem. So what we get here is he said, look, we started out, we looked like we were a defense that was going to contend, and then it became clear that there was a combination of problems, a combination of personnel, but as well as coaching – And to me, where I am kind of concerned about this, Cody, 
and where I believe that Ron Rivera continues to be on the short leash is this is Ron Rivera's baby. The defense is Ron Rivera's baby. And so I don't care if you got a new defensive coordinator, if you got these new assistants here, is that it would just kind of like, I'm trying to think of who is the most inventive offensive mind in the world and in play calling. And then to them to go on to have a season where they averaged 15 points a game is I don't care how many coaches you had to replace what the personnel was. That's where I'm really disheartened by this comment though. At the same time is that how did Ron Rivera let it get to this point? And I think that's a part of our fear about Ron Rivera is his ability to evaluate talent on this football team. And let's be honest, it's not just Rivera, it's Marty Herney as well. And so, okay, uh, for those of you that don't... David Gettleman before, let's go ahead, it's a bridge. Yeah, Yeah, we've had some some up-and-down draft picks and evaluation of talent about our football team. And the East-West Shrine game is getting ready to happen um, in about a week from now. Uh, That's where it's a bunch of college players, and they're on uh, one side or the other side. It's almost like the senior bowl, but it's it's a precursor to that. And there are reports of there are scouts from the Baltimore Ravens there, from the Philadelphia Eagles there, all these different teams, but you never hear anything about there being any Panther scouts over there. And what I'm wondering is, you know how many free agents that we have coming up, and you you know you know that we need to bolster our pass rush and bolster the offensive line. And I just, I mean, I don't know this, but I have the feel as though our scouting department is kind of lackadaisical. Like we're still not really doing enough to make sure that we have eyes everywhere looking for the best potential players to put on this football team. And I'm worried that that David Tepper might find that out about Ron and about Marty uh, a little bit too late. And I hope I'm wrong. I really do hope that they're out somewhere finding the next gym, be it in the draft or the free agency. But I'm really worried that that's a blind spot. I don't think this is a talent issue, though. I mean, I do. At the at the begin, I mean, at the heart of it, obviously, we didn't have a defensive pass rush, right? But I don't even think this is a super scouting issue. I don't even. I mean, and maybe it's more systemic than you're saying and then even I'm saying, and that is you're looking here at the scouting kind of component. Are we getting good enough quality like uh, like a culmination of players over the long term? But to me, what I'm really looking at this is that if we are talking coaching and coaching alone, which is here's the guys you gave me, even though I do have an ability to influence who those guys are, I am really concerned that the defense was such a weakness this year under a coach who is supposed to be a defensive coach. That's what I'm just saying here. Now, let's go ahead and tell this is though David Tepper is not immune. He understands, and we understand that while the defense wasn't the best, let's go ahead and cue up clip number three. The central problem of this season wasn't – I mean, it was the defense. There were so many things there. 
But the the thing, the linchpin of problems, whatever the right term is, Cam Newton, his health, his shoulder. Cody, let's go ahead and cue up clip number three. The offense side of the ball, listen, that is obvious to anybody who watched this team. There's no secrets there. Um, Cam's shoulder obviously was an issue late in, late in, later in the season, the second half of the season, if you want to call it that. Um, I think it's pretty well known that he wasn't throwing good practices. That was probably a problem that threw off his rhythm. Um, and, it, you know, at the end of the season, you know, we couldn't throw the ball downfield. Yeah, so there so it is pretty, uh, pretty Yeah, there it is pretty plainly. Uh, um, and, and, and listen, I, I I saw a conversation on on Twitter about putting um, putting this all on Cam and uh, saying that well the the season went down because of Cam. And uh, listen, I, I do think there was a, a certain point in the middle of the season where it went from uh, an issue, but not a bad one to a worse problem, to a real, real bad issue. And I want to make the, 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 the contrast here that the Cam Newton that you saw play against New Orleans at home wasn't even half the player that you saw against Seattle at home. I mean, this is a problem that got worse and worse as the season went on. And an we might exponential. It was like an exponential decline. Right. And and listen, you know, you and I have talked about it before, and let's just say it again. Right now, this is the specter hanging over the organization right now, and we don't know when it's going to swing the site. And we don't know if it is or or if it isn't. Uh, We do not know the health of of Cam Newton's shoulder. Um, David Tepper went on to say that he was, uh, you know, hopeful about Cam Newton and they were going to pull out all the stops and made sure that they did everything possible for Cam Newton. But I think everyone knows this, that the, the, the future of our franchise right now hangs on the right shoulder of Cameron Jarrell Newton. And if that's not ready and healthy by, you know, by September of next year, I mean, we could very well be in the pits and, and not even have a chance next season. Well, when you talked about people discussing whether or not Cam Newton was the reason the season was a success or not, right? Isn't that something that you, like, you said something similar to that is, like, it hangs on? Well, of course, right? That's what I want to tell them. Of course. Is that, like, give us a mid-tier quarterback in the middle of the season when Cam Newton's shoulder starts to fall off, and guess what we'll be? We'll be eliminated in wild card weekend will be eliminated in divisional round weekend. So, yes, the the entire existence and potential Super Bowl success relies on this talent that we have at quarterback. And like you said, this can – you know what? I have come away from this, Cody, and this is the part that's going to be really upsetting Panther fans. And I have to take heartburn medicine when I think about it. I have to take some Zoloft or some something, right? And that is, like, we have no idea. And there has been no evidence. Like, look, even in this this press conference or put-together scripted interview 
between David, David Tepper and the Panthers, I haven't found one anything, one little piece of evidence that says, let's be optimistic about Cam Shoulder. I'm not uh, saying no, we and- should be pessimistic. I'm not saying we should be pessimistic. I'm just saying, give me something. Give me something that says, like, hey, everything's going to be all right, baby. It's going to be but, all right. Uh, also, We're going to work the this fact, out. The fact that a report came out saying that Cam Newton did not need shoulder surgery. Okay, so then if you're telling me that all that means scary. Is, 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 okay, what, he just needs to rest and relax his shoulder. So what happened to it that made it go downhill in the first place? And how come it is exactly. other quarterbacks? <laughs> and, how, and how come it is other quarterbacks, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, you name it. That they their shoulders uh, work. Yeah, they don't see such a complete deterioration of their shoulder over the course of the season. Like, don't piss on my leg and tell me that it's raining. You know, something's <laughs> happening. Something's going on yeah, with, yeah, with, yeah. with our star quarterback, and either we're not being told what's happening, or the even worst option, they have no fucking idea, boss. And that's even more frightening. That is even more 100%. 100%. I agree. And you're trying to tell me this, too, that, like, look at me. You're going to take the middle-aged man who doesn't exercise a lot or any, and he rips his shoulder up, and he goes to the doctor, and I'm like, is it ever going to be good again? He'll be like, well, if you rehab and you do this, maybe. You're talking about the fucking bionic man and, and Cam Newton. Superman. This specimen. Yeah, this specimen of a higher quality DNA when it comes to just straight physicality. We've seen it. He can heal at a faster rate. He can run at a faster pace. He is can outrun a speeding bullet. That is the type of guy. And we don't know with him. Damn. Yeah. That's some scary shit right there. And what I'm just waiting for is this. One thing that just says Cam Newton will be okay one day. I don't even need a time limit. You make it 2022, bro. But, like, there has been nothing, this absence right there, when it comes to the optimism that we should look for with Cam Shoulder. And I'm not saying we should look, Cody, to the negative. I just need, sometimes people just, we're hungry. We need to be fed. Yeah. I mean, listen, we're going to sound like a broken record, but, I mean, our – our ability to be a successful football team hinges on Cam Newton. If he is not healthy, then we are not a, a, a competitive Never. football team. So Never. I mean, I, it doesn't I, matter. I honestly, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, I'm a Clemson fan, okay? But I'm trying my hardest to avoid the tank for Trevor movement, okay? I don't want to do that. I ride and die with Cam Newton. That's my main man. I yeah, love him. Yeah, yeah. It's he reinvigorated, it's get he reinvigorated my love for football. But at the same time, I want some honest answers, man. The the fans need to know because listen, if if we're you know three or four games in the next season and Cam Newton still isn't throwing passes, pat you know, twenty yards down the field, 
that's when we know, man, this is not the Cam Newton that won the MVP in 2015. And I'm hoping that they have enough foresight not to lie to us and, and, you know, like I said, piss on our leg and, and tell us that it's raining. Let me tell you this. If by the time of, I don't know, I'm going to say this. By March 1st, if we don't hear some optimism about Cam Newton and his shoulder, name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're going to be saying a prayer to start every show. We're going to say a, a prayer to the Lord for the continued recovery and rehabilitation of Cam Newton's shoulder. And I hope that doesn't offend anybody. But that's the whole show at. will be a prayer. It'll be prayer Tuesday night prayer service for Cam Newton. It doesn't matter. Get your rosary beads. My mom, my mom is so happy hearing this right now. My mom might actually <laughs> listen to the podcast now. Listen, we're we're gonna have Tuesday night. Uh, Bible study or the Torah, whatever you're into, whatever you read, whatever your faith, come in here. We're going to pray it. for Cam Newton. We're going to pray for Cam bring Newton. It. Channel the aliens, whatever it is you do. We're, we're going to bring our energy. Yeah, to bring Cam your Newton, stem man. cells. Bring your stem yeah. cells if you have Josh to. If you, if you don't believe that. All right, let's queue up. Let's go on to this is that when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, we're going to be going to clip number four, Cody, if you want to go ahead and load that up, is that when it comes to Cody, uh, when David Tepper was asked about Ron Rivera, Marty Herney, and while a lot of people continue to see this, is that we kept these guys, I believe both of them on a very short leash, and what I heard was, the most lukewarm endorsement. I'm talking to the point of if I went and stepped into a hot tub and was expecting hot water and I got warm water, kind of the pee that ran off your leg earlier, Cody, is that that's this is the endorsement the coaching staff I heard. Here is David Tepper on Ron Rivera and Marty Herney. So starting with Marty, I think, you know, I think that uh, he has a good handle, a good handle on the draft, and I'm pretty sure that he can look at the talent we need pretty to, sure. the draft to make the team better, which I think he has contributed to, well contributed to in the future. As far as Ron is concerned, Ron is a good coach. He has a locker room still. He always had, never lost it. If you look through the season and what happened, there were some unforeseen things there. Um, and again, if you look at Camp's shoulder and you really analyze it, you know, there's a couple games there that if but for the shoulder, we would have won. You're- All right, so what he said is this, is he said, Ron Rivera is a good coach, and he did not lo- lose the locker room. Kind of a little preventative maintenance there, stomping out some fires early on, but that was less than a vote of confidence for Ron Rivera. And there is clearly that while a lot of people have argued that Cam Newton's shoulder may have saved Ron Rivera's job, I believe it's clear in that discussion in the tone of voice is that he recognizes the strengths of Ron Rivera, but he's not free and clear, Cody. 
Yeah, and the honestly, the part that that uh, worries me the most is when he talks about Marty Herney having a, a grasp on on the draft. Because listen, man, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, 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 you know, I'm of the mindset that there have been players that we have not gotten or have passed up on. And granted, you know, Herney was new last year, and it was David Gettleman. Um, before that, but when he says that he's pretty sure that he has a grasp on the talent evaluation of this team, it's like, based on what? Like, what are you basing that off of? What what makes you say that? Like, is, is you know, Herney in meetings just blowing smoke up your ass and telling you all this stuff that, that you want to hear? Or what is it about Marty Herney that makes you feel that, you know, he has this draft process down? And, I'll and tell the, you. The guy that you, you want. Wanna- I'll tell yeah, you, tell look that. at our right. draft last year. Look at our okay. draft last year. Dante Jackson and yep. DJ Moore. One, okay. two, one two, Ian Thomas. Ian Thomas. Ian those Thomas. three. Those three alone alone are a good draft. Let's go back. Luke Kingsley. Let's go right, back, okay. Cam. Right, right, right. He has, a, he has a story back. history. Yeah, he, he has is a okay history of the, the draft is not his weakness. Where I think the weakness with uh, Marty Herney comes in is just the past legacy. Is that it's not even, he just has the stink. He has the stink of the Jerry Richardson era on him. But yeah. in the draft, he has not been necessarily a weakness. He can't pick a wide receiver to save his life, which I hate saying that when I just said DJ Moore is one reason we should like them. Well, yeah, so we have one and two, uh, you know, and then Ian Thomas, you know, and that's another thing going back to Ron Rivera and, and we're talking about Ron, you know, having young guys on the football team that don't see enough playing time for whatever reason. I mean, pull up, you know, pull up, uh, it was rainy on a Wednesday, so I decided to put in a mini Silatolu, you know, but we have no idea why Ron Rivera decides to, play these older veteran players uh, that even have – so, for example, Chris Manhurts got more playing time than Ian Thomas. Why is that? Why is that? And uh, Cameron Artis Payne has been on the team for how long now? And you needed the final game of the season for Cameron for what now? To evaluate what now? I mean, he's been on the team for that long. Uh, listen, man. There, there are some questionable things, um, you know, about Ron Rivera. That honestly, I hope this next season that you know he feels on top of the fire. That he has to be better for the fans, for the organization, and for the players, or else David Tepper is going to say, "All right, uh, you had one more year of a grace period, and then you're out the door if you don't do it." And now he has that opportunity to do so. Um, and I hear what you're saying about Herney as the general manager. Um, I still have my reservations about some things, but hey, he's well, I think our man. He's gotta go. Yeah, I think this is. I'm. I am gonna stick. Look, we brought you the Dan Hatman uh, interview here. Not that like we're like breaking news or anything, but I continue to believe that. What we're going to do is make a clean break in the future. 
And that is, it's not a referendum on what Marty Harney or in some cases, Ron Rivera has done. I think Marty Harney's done enough. Is that like, hey, there's no reason to fire you, but we got to at this point. I believe after the draft, it's time to get a singular vision instead of the piecemeal vision. Now, one of the things, though, that I wanted to bring up, in fact, is that let's bring up a tweet. I believe it was tweet four, and that is um, one of the things that David Tepper was critical of with this coaching staff, and rightfully so, maybe it was tweet five, but what we're talking about is clock management here, Cody. And that is... If you want to play right, that instead. Yeah, let's pull it up. Let's pull it up. You know, there's a lot of different aspects to the game. It's management, you know, coaching, management, players, personnel, um, you know, analytics and stuff like that. Players are key. you got to have the right people in the right position to draft well. Coaches, you have to have the right management managing the people. And I'm going to say that in any business you have, and this is another business, whether it's on the field or off the field. And then it gets to some other things. So with the... Um, I think I'm very much focused on not giving away anything, anything that we can for free, in other words. I don't want to see 10 seconds go away. I don't want to see five seconds go away that we should save for one reason or another because of one reason or another with game management or things like that. It's like in my other profession, it's uh, you know discipline, 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 discipline. So I think some of those things, which they do, I think we can get better at. I think every team in the NFL can get better. I don't care that much about other teams. They're not my children. This is my child. You brought up. All right, Josh from Mass. Yeah, this is my child. I love to hear that. It was a theme that was used throughout the conversation. Josh from Mass, he comes in firing strong. He says, Tepper brought up many of the same criticisms, criticisms that we have been screaming about all season. Right. So one of the things I like about this is that, look, he comes out and he says, we're talking about a guy who's worth $11 billion, who is not, he is, like you said earlier, of a higher, not higher intelligence, like an alien or some effect like that, but the fact that he's a smart dude, right? And he says the same things we've said. The defense was a problem. And Ron Rivera, you're supposed to be a defensive coach. Number two, he says, Cam Newton's shoulder, that ruins every season, right? And then number three, though, coming back to this, what Josh from Mass is saying is ultimately that there are some real effing problems that fans scream about. And it comes to clock management, and all of this falls on Ron Rivera and getting this to be a more important and, I don't know, let's be sharper. It is refreshing when the lay people are right. Yeah, um, it it is refreshing. And, again, listen, let's also pat ourselves on the back. It vindicates you and I. And Joey, when we're up here every Tuesday saying, damn it, dude, why does Ron Rivera not know how to call a timeout at the end of the football game? 
where is the hurry up offense when we have to put points on the board? And, and if we and, had eleven and, billion dollars, they would listen. And the Bruce is sitting around with their fingers up our asses and didn't waiting for the, the second coming. You know, it's David Tepper is also looking at all of this, and that's why I'm hopeful about him in a lot of different ways, but maybe he figures, listen, I've seen Rivera be successful. I've seen Marty Herney be a successful general manager and put good players on the football team. Now I'm at a point where I am in the position to hold these men accountable and let them know that I am not Jerry Richardson. I require your best at all times. And if Amen. you do not, and if you do not present your best and put your best foot forward, I will bounce you because there will be someone else. But I am gracious enough to let you have another chance. So do not, I repeat, do not fuck this up. <laughs> Legacy Lines, my best friend on YouTube and Twitter. She's a wonderful person. Let me just put this out. Lynn, you're a wonderful person. She says this. YouTube, she says, what Tepper is trying, is doing, is focusing Ron Rivera in the areas which he can effectively handle. He's astute enough to realize we need other management. What we're talking about here is that David Tepper is giving, here's, and as someone Clearly, Lynn has been a supervisor of people before, and that is to overly put on their plate what is going wrong could cause more problems than it could solve. Let's give real, tangible, and manageable goals. We know that Ron Rivera does a lot of good things, but at the same time, we have recognized some weaknesses were disheartened by what the defense looked like, but the consistency in this has been evaluating talent, number one. Number two, this clock management thing was something that David Tepper felt needed to be at least spoken about, and there is right there something tangible we can get better about. He didn't say get perfect, but get better I like that from a management situation, telling Ron Rivera at the same time, you're not safe. Nothing in this interview indicated to me that Ron Rivera, Marty Herney has a mandate to go forward. I think they're both on the hottest of hot seats. And this is one of the things I want to see you improve upon. And when we meet back next year, I'm going to look at this right now, Cody. Yeah, and and listen, let's be real. When we're talking about football, job security isn't something that should exist. Now, it does in some aspects. I mean, look at Marvin Lewis, who was the head coach of the Bengals for years, and they never won a – they didn't have a single playoff game to show for it. But if you're in professional football, and really, listen, no matter what you do, Every day, you know, no matter what your profession is in life, you should be trying to be better at your job today than you were yesterday. And you want to be better tomorrow than you were today. And if you're not doing that, if you're not constantly trying to better yourself in what you do, 
you know, Bruce Lee was one of my favorite uh, people to look up and study about. I, I love, I call him Master Bruce. And he always said, you know, if you're not trying and striving to be the better version of yourself and be better than the all right, so I believe that Cody right now, and looking at, from what I can tell with the broadcast, that Cody's um, video stream slightly has messed up. One of the things I want to continue to parlay, he's going to come back in here, I'm sure. And that, what I like about this, what he's talking about with Master Bruce, ultimately, is this. The best, the sharpest of knives can use another stroke on the sharpening stone, right? What I like about this discussion here is that and where some people potentially get soft in the internet world of analysis. And sure, we're hyperly critical of people all the time. We're like, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do this? But greatness requires the sharpest of knives. One of those where a coach, even the greatest of coach or the greatest of writers is interested in sharpening their pros. And I think that that's what Cody is talking about here. And the fact is, is that, look, just because we're talking about some of the negative things that have happened, it's not a referendum on the good. You should have done the good. We expected the good. Now it's time to sharpen those weaknesses, those weaknesses, Cody. And I'm going to welcome you back here with that statement is that does it have to really be a referendum on what you have done well when we're saying it's time to sharpen the knife on what you can do better? Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to rest on your laurels. You don't want to rest on your past and who you were and what you've been. You know, I don't, I, I won't launch into a tirade again. But I won't redo the whole thing, but what I was trying to say is that you have to continuously better yourself and and, and continuously, uh, you know, grow and, and be better, especially as football changes. Football is an organization that um, or it, it's something that continuously evolves from, you know, the West Coast offense to different types of defenses, um, you know, smaller linebackers. There's all these different scenarios and you have to be able to evolve. And it seems clear to me now that with David Tepper at the helm, that's something that you should be able to see the Panthers doing a lot more than maybe we haven't been able to do in our past. So I am very hopeful, and I feel everyone should be as well. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. You can be a part of the show using the cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252 252- Two two eight fifty ninety eight. We're gonna jump into the part of the show where you direct the conversation, where you tell us what we need to be talking about. Let's get into this. So, what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty. 
You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like... Hi there guys, just Rich calling from the UK. God, it's been busy since the end of the season for us, hasn't it? Um, Thomas Davis leaving. Um, sad to see a legend go. I wondered whether maybe we'd let Shaq go because he cost so much money this year and leave TD to maybe train up Jermaine Carson and Andre Smith. Um, obviously that doesn't look like the plan and they're going to give Shaq another full run at it. Um, he's not worth nine million this year, but we're going to have to eat that, I think. Um, from the O-line, I think we re-signed Darrell Williams because tackles don't grow on trees. I really yeah. don't know what we're going to do with the draft position. Um, <clears throat> I'm spending a lot of time listening to guys, listening about the Shrine, looking at the Senior Bowl and drafting. The name that keeps yeah. popping up for us now is Nasser Adderley, and maybe you want to chat about him, who looks like a genuine single high free safety. If we can re-sign Eric Reid to play strong, that would make at least a four of Bradbury, Jackson, Adderley and, uh, and Eric Reid. Um, let Mike Adams go uh, and play with Sean Golden. Give Cornell some time and let Munnerly go. I think so many of the free agents, our free agents, are going to go. I think Eric Reid, Daryl Williams and uh, my main man, Kyle Love, everybody's uh, spirit animal, <laughs> are the only ones that are absolutely locked on to come back. Um other than that, no, I don't know. Great interview, David Tepper, today. I noticed, I don't know if anyone else did, he got quite feisty at one point today. I think talking about, it was one of the lines anyway, but there was definitely a, a slight change in his temperament. But I think he's going to do great things um, for, for the Panthers. It's going to take time, and that's what he's about. Anyway, guys, love the show. Shame it's only once a week at the moment. Or is it twice? I can't even remember. I listen to you on my commute. Anyway, guys, keep pounding everyone out there. My man Rich Kingston, all the way from across the pond in the UK. We talk frequently on Twitter, and yeah. Um, so the, the the safety you mentioned. Um, so listen, if if you guys don't know, I, I'm the Panthers analyst for DraftTech.com, and uh, lately I've been looking at a ton of different players. Some players that have gotten to, some players that haven't gotten to. Uh, and, but as we get into the draft, we're going to be previewing so many different players right here on the C3 podcast. You're going to know all the names to be looking for and some draft hopefuls that you might want to see in a Carolina Panther uniform. Um, but, yeah, um, so one of the things that, that Rich talked about um, is uh, a free safety position. And I think depending on the player – um, it, it's something that we might need to um, service in the later rounds of the draft because as of right now, there are no safeties that I notice at least that are priority positions um, in the first and second round that are must-have. Even Deontay Thompson, um, it, who everyone was in love with, is kind of falling down people's boards. It doesn't have the speed um, that you might want in a day one free safety. So um, a lot of that is yet to be seen. Uh, but, yeah, man, um, 
I hate that we can't do the show more than Tuesday nights also, man, but thank you so much for the call, man. Cody, let's jump into this. One of the things brought up is Thomas Davis's legacy. Yeah, and it. it always and this is the point of the show where we remind that it seems that all news breaks on Wednesday because last Wednesday Thomas Davis informed us that he would no longer be with the Carolina Panthers going forward. He was not part of their vision going forward as a free agent. He was not cut. He was a free agent for the first time in 14 years, I believe, in his career. He has been a free agent where the team said, hey, Thomas Davis, thank you for your service. We're going a different direction. But there has been, Cody, some discussion that Thomas Davis at one point in his career mentioned he would only play for the Panthers. And now there's more football in him. I believe that that was kind of a fleeting comment in the past. At this point right now, what we're dealing with is this, is that we are parting ways with a great Panther, one who could enter the ring of honor that David Tepper has already said that we will expand. But Thomas Davis leaving the Panthers, let's go ahead and cue up his his not little message, his heartfelt message for a guy who means so much to this organization. Get the tissues, boys. <laughs> What's up, guys? I received information from the Carolina Panthers on Monday that they're going to go in a different direction with the linebacker position. Um, it was extremely tough for me to deal with. That's why you guys are just hearing from me right now because I wanted to be back. I wanted to be a part of a group that came and just right the wrongs that we had this season. You know, as one of the leaders of this team, I took full responsibility for some of the things that we um, allowed to happen and, you know, the games that we lost consecutively. I wanted to come back and I wanted to, to help fix that. But unfortunately, you know, I'm not going to have that opportunity. Um, so with that being said, I just wanted to thank the Carolina Panthers organization. I want to thank my teammates, man. You guys have been amazing. Um, for 14 very special years that I will always remember, I'll always cherish. I want to thank you guys for those. Um, to Panther Nation, I cannot thank you guys enough for the love and support that you've shown me and my family over the years. Um, we can't thank you enough. Um, as you can see, this is extremely tough for me. Um, I've loved and cherished every moment that we've had in Carolina. Carolina's gonna always be home for me and my family, but I'm not retiring. Um, I feel like I have way too much football left in me to walk away from the game right now. So I wanna keep playing, I'm gonna keep playing. Um, hopefully someone's gonna give me that opportunity. Um, but Panther Nation just know that in no way did I ever imagine putting on another uniform. Um, Still to this day, don't want to do it, but I want to play football. So if that's the way that I'm going to be able to continue my career, then that's something that I have to do. And I hope you guys understand. Um, it's not a decision that I wanted to make, but it's a decision that I had to make. And um, I'm looking forward to this season and, and getting back out and showing and prove that Thomas Davis still can do it. I still got a lot left and it's just going to be exciting, man. It's, it's tough it is to say that. Um, I'm really looking forward to it, but TD signing out. 
keep pounding, baby. It's going to always be a part of, of what I do. And what All right, so there's Thomas. There's yeah. Thomas Davis. I'm a, but I'm my eyes are watering. My nose is itching. I might sneeze in this. But the point that I'm <laughs> look, Thomas Davis. This is that one. If you want to give some credit to Marty Herney as a GM, you're talking about a guy who Thomas he drafted Thomas Davis, who stuck with him through all of those injuries, and then yeah. stand. Still fan, found a manageable way to part ways with a legend. What we're looking at in the conversation in the chat room, Cody, is a bunch of people who, like us, you and I, that wish we didn't have to deal with this moment. But this may be the easiest way of parting ways with a legend. This is one. This is that. This is wonderful. I cannot imagine a scenario where things could have gone better. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I agree with you and I disagree with you on that. I'm, I'm torn because of this. I have said on this very show that as much as I love Thomas Davis and Julius Peppers and Greg Olson and Ryan Khalil and all of these guys that were such an integral part of that magical 2015 season and 2013 and beyond. I, I, I love these men and, and they hold a place in our heart, man. Like that, that shows how football goes so much more than just being a sport for people. We love this team, man. And we love these players. I mean, we're, I mean, how many times have we you know, been willing to go to war for Cam Newton or for Luke Kickley? Have we been worried about his long-term health and seeing him after having those concussions? I mean, we genuinely do love these players. So that's why this is so hard um, when you have to do stuff like this because Thomas Davis is a man who maybe more so than any other player than Sam Mills himself is the living embodiment of that keep pounding. I mean, he is a Carolina Panther to his heart and soul. And let me tell you. And a guy uh, that has played his whole career with the Panthers. That's one of the things that when we look at Sam Mills, while we have latched on to that, and I'm not saying that this should diminish it, but the very fact that Thomas Davis and we you want to talk about what Tepper said with his baby earlier, right? This yeah. has become my baby. Thomas Davis, we've watched his birth, his maturation, his adolescence, his all of those things. He is ours. Unlike Sam Mills, who was partially ours, Thomas Davis is fully ours. And what I, it's not a bad thing. I just, I want to give kudos to this is that we've seen bad splits with players that we love to this degree in the past, specifically Steve Smith. And we don't have that animosity here. No. And listen, man, I I really want to point this out. Coming back from three ACL tears on the same knee is unprecedented. I mean, no yeah, one does it's that. the only, no the one, only one. Not only is it unprecedented, nobody else has done it. 
Yeah, so this is what I'll say in, in closing about Thomas. I will never not love the man. I can only imagine how upset Luke was, um, you know, uh, hearing that he's not going to be playing next to his older brother anymore because those guys are brothers. Don't get that twisted. Um, but I, I kind of I agree with the move, and I, I do think that we do need to get younger on the football team. But, man, let me tell you, it will absolutely hurt especially if Thomas Davis is dead set on playing more football uh, next year. Man, seeing Thomas Davis with uh, another uniform on, uh, it just just doesn't doesn't feel right. You know those commercials on TV now where it has the people uh, dipping their fingers in the cheese dip and putting it in their mouth, and then the guy's like, ugh, that's just not right. Yeah, seeing Thomas Davis in another uniform that's just not right, man. It's not right. Let me it's let me tell you this. I was listening to WFNZ. I think it was Joss and Parcel, Parcel, whatever those guys are. They come on after the Mac attack, and they had John Beeson on. And John Beeson, who, by the way, if you guys remember, was the better linebacker between him and Thomas Davis. Like when they were toe to toe, it seemed like John Beeson at his prime could outshine Thomas Davis. And then you add in the injuries and you're starting to think Thomas Davis is the not less than, but yeah, is that is fighting this uphill battle. It turns out that Thomas Davis was the better of the two had more, like, could work through injury, had a longer career, arguably. But what I want to point out is that John Beeson was literally shook on this radio station. He was upset. And the reason he was upset is that he argued that, wow, the move for the Carolina Panthers was about a future decision and about a kind of finality of parting ways that ultimately that Thomas Davis still statistically and on tape put up numbers that were crazy. Awesome. in the top half of the league, not the bottom half of the league, but I continue to come back to this Cody. That's the reason we had to part ways with him. is he's better than average. And Ron Rivera will never, start anybody over that yeah yeah and and it again there's no upside to the situation man we're never gonna not love thomas davis and i'm happy that you mentioned steve smith i mean there's not gonna be a moment where uh he's in front of the camera saying hey don't forget to mow my lawn i mean you're not gonna have that type of shit with thomas davis um i don't know it's gonna be weird but Listen, he is his own man, and, uh, you know, if, if he decides that he has football time left in him to play, then that's his right to be able to go and do that. Uh, oh, yeah. Miss, I hope he know. just does it. If he plays, look, he's not, as long as he don't play for an NFC South team, got no True problem. that, man. I don't care problem. where he goes. I don't care if it goes to the Patriots. In fact, yeah, I hope not. he does. 
In fact, I hope That's he does because that would, that would mean he has a better chance of even being in the in the Super Bowl again with the Patriots. But as long as as he's not with Atlanta or New Orleans, honestly, it's just those two. Tampa Bay, I don't want to see that because no, I don't want no, to play no like Tampa. That. None of that either. None yeah, of those. I don't want I don't want Tampa either. But it, specifically New Orleans and Atlanta, dead that. I'm going to play the next cat call. The number is 252-228-5098. We encourage you to turn your phone to portrait mode, smash that thumbs up button, share the show on uh, whatever social media that you talk about the Carolina Panthers with. Just let them know this podcast is running six full seasons, not a missed week. I do want you to think about this, Cody. A friend of mine, as I play the next cat call, I want you to listen, obviously, to the call, but I want you to also have a background program running. And that is, has there ever been a player? He, My friend asked me this. He said, has there ever been a Carolina Panther player where you either like them, where you like them, and then at some point later on in your life, you change your mind about them, or vice versa, where you dislike them, and you came to like them. I want people in the chat room to think about this. Has there been a player in the Carolina Panthers history where you dislike them to start out with as an individual, as a player, you thought they were going to be a bust? Could be something minor. Could be like you just didn't like that they love salad, like Devin Fungus. And then one day later came to like them or vice versa, dislike them and then came to love them. We want to hear those names in the chat room. The number is 252-228-5098. I know Cody is going to be thinking about that as we play this next cat call. Hi. What's up, C3? This is called D. Calling in for my... um, when for my my Cardi's draft board tonight, we're gonna take a little bit sneak peek at the defensive tackles and some safety prospects that I want to look at. <clears throat> so it's probably be a two parter tonight because I'm probably gonna get cut off at some point with one of them. Okay, let's begin. We're gonna go with the defensive tackles, Cody. I know you're gonna love this one. Um. Right now, a lot of people's boards have the Alabama defensive tackle. Uh, what's the name? Quentin Williams. Quentin um, Williams. Simmons out of Mississippi State. And and what's his name? Ed, Ed Oliver from Houston, 6'3", 275. Um, these guys good, but I want to talk about some sleepers here. I have two – well, I have a – Two sleepers that I want to turn my attention to for that I think be good fit for Panthers. First, we're going to go with the one of Cody's guys, Christian Wilkins, six three three twelve. Now Wilkins proved in that title game against Alabama, as you see, uh, what kind of um, disruptor he is. He, he he's very good at collapsing the pocket, collapser, and he's 
good at getting pressure. Uh, Wilkins seems to be one of those guys that, that keeps coming and coming. So, you know, as a Panther, he would look very good in Panther colors. Um, then there's a Jerry, in my opinion, Jerry Tyler, Tylery, Tylery, Notre Dame guy, 6'6", 304 pounds. Now, this dude came, popped up on the scene against Michigan. And I tell you what, this dude alongside of um, KK, what a tandem. 30 tackles, 8 sacks. 8 sacks for a defensive tackle is amazing. 10.5 tackles for loss. He's big. He's bad. And he's strong. And he is definitely a pocket disruptor. For a big man, this dude has some awesome speed for a defensive tackle. One of the fastest deep tackles I've seen. All right, that's first half of Carl D's call. Go ahead, Cody. Take it to the house on that. Yeah, man. So, listen, uh, like we were talking about Thomas Davis and, and how much it means to the Panthers organization, if you're a Clemson fan, that's how much you love Christian Wilkins, man. Now he might not have been as <laughs> as 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 long with the Clemson Tigers as Thomas was with the Panthers, but man, he's an uh, an upstanding man. He's a great student. He wins all kinds of awards. Uh, but man, on the football field, Christian Wilkins is a beast. Now I do want to go a little bit football nerd on you, Carl, for just a minute. So. When you're talking about defensive tackle, you have to be able to make the differentiation between a three technique and a one technique. So, for example, K1 Short and Christian Wilkins, they're essentially the same position. So to put Christian next to K1, it might sound good, but it doesn't necessarily work out in theory. Now, I would love to have Christian on the football team, Um I don't know if you would draft him just to be a um, a, a substitute, kind of how Vernon Butler is, although Wilkins is much better, much, much better than Vernon Butler ever was coming out of college and is now. Um, but Christian Wilkins next to K-1 might be a problem uh, just from a technique perspective. Um, I, and I saw Thomas, Scott Thomas, mentioned this in the chat, Dexter Lawrence is a name to keep your eye on, man. That's the, the nose tackle, uh, one tech, powerful man, six foot five, 340 pounds. Man, I, I'm telling you, if Dexter Lawrence was on the Carolina Panthers, you'd be saying, star who? Dontari who? Shoot, man. Uh, um, wow. Yeah, man, I'm... Yeah, wow. Dexter Lawrence, uh, I'm telling you, man, and I'm not just being a fanboy here. I'm telling you from what the man has done, 11 Well, you sacks. are being a fanboy, but not just a fanboy. Yeah, I am. 11 sacks at the nose tackle position, that just doesn't happen. Okay, that man is a beast, and um, yeah, I would love to have him. Uh, the other guy... I'm not even going to front. I haven't looked at a lot of him yet, Jerry Tillery. 
I do intend to at this point in time. I, but um, I've heard the name a bunch. I want to jump in and talk about specifically Vernon Butler, who the name has come yeah. up in the chat room a couple of times. And mostly not about what Vernon Butler is or isn't, but the problems that potentially maybe the reach he was. And that is, you yeah. mentioned that there is a difference between the one and the three technique. And I do believe that uh, that philosophically and technically or strategically that that is the case, right? Is you got a guy that has certain responsibilities and you have a guy that leans towards different responsibilities. And I understand the draft nerd saying like, we need a one and a three. We, this guy's a one, this is a three. What I think Vernon Butler represented was a possibility or the problem of drafting a guy that you didn't know which way you wanted to go with him. And that yeah. is, I heard a lot of people tell me he couldn't be a K1 short type. And then I heard a lot of people tell me he couldn't be a Don Terry Poe or Star Latulole type. And I don't think that the Panthers ever fully understood which part they wanted him to be. And yeah. that is a – and I wish that wasn't the case. I wish a guy could come in and show that he was more athletic than a three or a one and he could be a three. But what I – the Vernon Butler situation, bro, is a not an enigma – it is the reality of where we're at right now is a guy that we thought we could project to be something that wasn't. And there is a lot of risk with projecting rather than knowing. And listen, out of all of our draft picks in the past few years, the one that infuriates me the most is Vernon Butler. Because even though I have a bit of a soft spot for David it's Gettleman. Kelvin Benjamin to me. Kelvin well, Benjamin yeah. is the pick for me. But listen, Tony, even Kelvin Benjamin in his first year hat was over 1,000 yards. So Kelvin sure, Benjamin. Sure. At, at, but they, we Kelvin cut Benjamin Steve Smith. We didn't have point. nobody. Kelvin Benjamin at one point. And yeah, listen, I, I hate Kelvin Benjamin as much as anyone now. But Kelvin Benjamin at one point showed potential. We have yet to see Jack from Vernon Butler, yeah, man. What? And and the the, right. the, the thing that right. the thing that makes me mad about that draft pick is we drafted an insurance policy. We had K1 Short coming up who for was a new playing car. out of his mind, playing out, out of, of his, his mind, fucking mind. And, and then you had Star the Tugelet coming up the next year, and yet. You don't put him there. So you had no desire, as you were saying, to play Vernon Butler as a one-tech, which maybe he should have been. I mean, how infuriating would it be if Vernon Butler was actually a very talented one-technique defensive tackle, but we just haven't known it because they refused to play him at the position? Maybe Butler should have been on the defensive line the entire time, and our coaches just haven't put him no, there. No, he's that tweener. No, they've tried them at both. They've tried them at one and three, whatever you guys want to, you want to make up the magical numbers. They have given him more opportunity than anybody. Honestly. Even more so 
That was a waste. He hasn't done anything. And not look, is that 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 makes it sound like we're zeroing him out. But the point being is it didn't work out. Got nothing to do with you. You know, Vernon Butler. This ain't me talking shit to you. It just hasn't worked out. And arguably, I think we could say the same thing with Shaq Thompson. Maybe not as much so. We nobody. How about this? Is the the fact that so much many mugs in the world are like, don't you talk about Shaq Thompson? Don't you do it? And I'm kind of in that type. That tells us exactly what the problem is. Is that we wish it was more. We secretly wish our love was stronger. Yeah, I was. I, I mean, I, I I hear what you're saying. I do think that Shaq yep, Thompson has right. been has been a good player. He's been a good player, but he he might not have been um, worth the value of a first round draft pick. But he hasn't been a liability. Whereas we're talking right. about Vernon Butler, we're talking about Vernon Butler saying, "Dude, where the hell have you been?" And then even more so, we we put him into into a scenario where they never wanted him to be a starter. They wanted to have a backup plan in case K1 Short wanted Aaron Donald money. And and th- that ended up not happening, so we had a player on our football team that had no place. That's what pisses me off. This what You know what pisses me off? I'm going to say a couple of other names to you. How about uh, Daryl Worley? How about... Um, there was another one, Zach Sanchez. We have put invested so much in about five players that have not yeah. panned out. I'm really disappointed in those guys. Not them. Good luck to them and their lives. But we're still looking at that. We're looking at the number one profile picks, the first rounders. Can't miss. And that's the good news about Marty Herney. He doesn't miss on a first-round pick generally. All right, so we have this. We've talked about, and you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and turn your phone to portrait mode and smash that thumbs-up button. Share the show with a friend, somebody that you like to talk about the Carolina Panthers with. Just text the link. Share it on Facebook Messenger. Whatever you do, wherever you hang out, just share it with one person we're going to grow one listener, one contributor at a time. Let's go to this. Cody, Bill Voth. Yeah. Is upset. And by the way, look, is Bill Voth is a, he's not a Panthers fan. He works for the Carolina Panthers. But I would argue that Bill Voth has tried out of all the reporters that I've followed and listened he is, it's clear and diligent. He follows and tries to be as objective as possible, even when he transitioned from the independent media of Black and Blue Review, which he tried to start up and admirably should have worked in theory, but the internet has pushed small entities away like that. But he has shown from that to being a part of the team, I believe that he's been probably one of the most objective people 
and irritatingly objective at times even. Bill Voth is upset. Cody, what happened this week? Yeah, finally people in the media, and more than just fans, people in the media and Bill Voth are starting to come down on the absolute cancer that is David Newton. David Newton, <laughs> listen, uh, listen, I am a a man believer that if you continue to mess up at your job and fumble the ball over and over and over again, you do not deserve the job that you have. And there are other better, younger people, more qualified people to do your job. Okay, so now, uh, finally, we have people that are coming out. Bill Vold spoke out against David Newton. Because uh, David Newton says Panthers owner suggests injured quarterback Cam Newton could sit out 2019. Bill Voth called him out on his bullshit, saying this is irresponsible. The quote was in response to a hypothetical about Andrew Luck. And uh, listen, David Newton gets me more angry than it has any right to make me. Okay? But David Newton fumbles the names of players. So uh, called Ryan Khalil Matt Ryan at one point. He misspells their names. There's errors all over the place. His Twitter account has left porn videos on Twitter from his official ESPN account. David Newton is bad at his job. The players don't like him. The coaches don't like him. So why does David Newton continue to have the job being the, the, the Panthers reporter for ESPN when all she does is embarrass the Panthers. It's beyond me. I have no idea what to say anymore. I'm happy that Bill Voth uh, publicly put this out there, how terrible David Newton is. Well, it, it is, um, you know, Bill Voth came up. And this is strong, I would say, from Bill Voth. Yes. It's, I you know, I mean, in, for, in the way that, like, for us, we'd be coming out throwing F-bombs, sharpening our Twitter store, our sword, talking about, like, hey, you seen this quote between those two boobs you like? You know, I mean, that's how we would go here. But Bill Voth works for the Carolina Panthers. And I, I, if anything, I was a little disappointed that he didn't capitalize the first words of his sentence here, Bill, Bill, because I feel <laughs> like you would talk shit to us if we did that. But at the end, of that's pedantic. But at the Grand end of the you. day, is that like, this is true. Like we have to, this is why I get so irritated, Cody, is that this podcast has been running for six years. The fact that every Tuesday we read everything, like every single tweet, every story that has been published. And look, I don't need you to congratulate me about that. Right. Is that, but there is a feeling that certain people, because they're part of the independent media, or whatever you call this democratic experiment that we do with this podcast, is they kind of look down to us. But at the end of the day, bitches, 
you're like one comma away from us. That's what I say. Is look at this. Look at this, bro. Look at this. We don't look down at upon us when ESPN writers and y'all are doing this. That's my point. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, and I'm not just trying to pat pat ourselves on the back end and, and what yeah, we do. Clap, 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 but, bitches. Yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. listen. <laughs> listen, whenever you come and hang out with us every Tuesday night at 9, you know that you have your thumb on the pulse of Panther Nation. Damn it, that's more than David Newton hey. can say. This Amen. asshole doesn't know... He doesn't know his asshole from a hole in the ground. I mean, David Newton could not care less about the team. He does it for a paycheck. Because obviously, when you make that many fuck-ups, you just don't care about your job. And ESPN must not care about having David Newton at the position and embarrassing not only the Panthers, but ESPN also. He does not deserve the job that he has. He should have been fired years ago. So, Cat Chronicles, mm. baby. You know where it's yeah. at. Not, not ESPN. We do this for free, motherfuckers. We Let's do this go. for free. <laughs> that's what I say. All right, so uh, what else we got to talk about? I think that's got to be it. Let's jump to... All right, so you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., um, Cody, we got anything else. I mean, obviously we got to do our ice up picks of the week, but I think we have in this time rounded out the discussion for the moment for the Carolina Panthers. Next week, we'll be looking at free agency, how this, yeah. Oh, I no, no, we have not finished the conversation. We need to know about this. What the hell happened in the playoffs, and what do you see going forward? For me, the Dallas Cowboys couldn't stop you or I running through them. Looked like the Carolina Panthers defense trying to stop a shopping cart running through a breezy parking lot. But other than that, and for me, the Patriots, I was a little stunned by how awful the Chargers looked. I was gratified by the moment that I have said that Phillip Rivers is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. But these are the things, these are the two things that stood out to me from this playoff weekend. Yeah, um, actually two more things. Um, one more thing concerning Panther Nation, which we don't have any news about, uh, was uh, Luke is not going to the Pro Bowl he has decided to um, skip out another year. So Leighton Vander Esch, the Good linebacker for him. The Cowboys. Yeah, Good for I him. Mean, at, at this point, there's what? no reason to risk further injury or damage or concussions. Go to Sweden and get stem cell therapy on and whatever. Take Cam Newton, and take Cam Newton with you, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, listen, inject. Yeah, go to a country where they do all of that shit and inject everything, <laughs> everything possible into Cam Newton's shoulder and into the 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 stem cells of 
Luke's brain to prevent concussions or whatever, man. Everything that's illegal. Do it. I'm with you. Break me with you. I will wipe your ass if you get the shits. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. I will do it. Let's yeah, do man. It. <laughs> Let's do it, man. Um, <laughs> other than that, man. Wow, fun times. Uh other other than that, yeah, man, listen, there's not much to say about the playoffs. The all the better football teams won. And um it, it didn't even look that um that difficult, man. The Rams Dude, C.J. Anderson. That, oh, that man, look about that. What is yeah. my man? Yellow, yellow is not flattering. No, <laughs> no, not on a... He on, was wearing uh, those yellow pants, and I'm telling you this, is that God bless C.J. God, look, I've never said a mean word or an ill word about him on this podcast. If anything, here's the first one. He's a bit whiny on Twitter. And I'm not saying it's even undeservedly undeserved, whatever that is. <laughs> like he could deserve whining, but at the same time, like I'm tired of the whining. Other than that, when I looked at him in that St. Louis, not St. Louis, LA Rams, the yellow, his ass looked as big as a damn trailer brother that mug was giant looked like he meant eating and stuffing so it was hard <laughs> even though he was rushing for like 140 yards he was giant somebody i saw on twitter described him as a little mike tolbert jr and no he's like just mike tolbert's brother <laughs> uh, probably a better runner than, than than Mike Tolbert. Um, Mike Tolbert but, was pretty good just no, before he, was, he came man. to the Panthers. This is what I'm saying. It goes back to Ron Rivera letting him go for nothing. I mean, listen, it worked out for uh, C.J. Anderson. He's on the team that's going to try and compete for a Super Bowl. And listen, as a Panther fan, you're a Rams fan this Sunday, okay? Uh, you want the Hell Rams yeah. to beat the Saints. So we're all pulling for C.J. Anderson. Uh, just the fact that we didn't um, that we didn't capitalize on C.J. Anderson when we had him, and then Ron Rivera has the gall at the end of the season to say that he wants to lighten the load on on Christian McCaffrey instead of running him into the ground, and that you had the player to be able to do that this season, and then North Turner and Ron Rivera are like, nah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, man, it's infuriating to me. But um, go Rams. Let's the point this out. Let me point this out, though. We should all be cheering for the Rams at this uh, this point in the season because Hell we yeah. don't want this. We don't want the Saints to win, right? Our, we don't want the Saints. And at the end of the day, no one feels sympathy for Kelvin Benjamin who is technically on the Kansas City roster, the Super Bowl roster. Everybody gets a Super Bowl ring who is on the 53-man roster. We would rather pull for jaded C.J. Anderson 
than over Kel- bitch ass Kelvin Benjamin. That's what I think. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, I it, it, it I would rather CJ Anderson have a, uh, another Super Bowl ring uh, than Kelvin Benjamin not even get his first. Listen, do y'all notice that Kelvin Benjamin doesn't even play for them? I mean, in the playoffs, he wasn't even suited up. They didn't even have him as a part of the package. Okay, everyone knows what Kelvin Benjamin is. He's not helping out anyone, uh, especially since Sammy Watkins came back to that offense. They have no need for Kelvin Benjamin. So, yeah, man, go Rams. Um, I don't know. I like Patrick Mahomes, so that's why it sucks. Um, The AFC, I don't care. I just want the Rams to go all the way. But the better teams are going to win, man. Do you want to make uh, predictions for this Sunday, or just let let them uh, let no, chaos be? Uh, I'm ready. Let's knock it out. Who we got? All right, uh, new, uh, the Los Angeles Rams and the Superdome uh, against the Saints versus the Saints. I'm I'm picking the Rams, and the reason I'm picking the Rams is fu Saints. That's yeah. ultimately what it comes down to is that number one, I can't pick the Saints. The New Orleans Saints, your city is fun to hang out in, but F you, we're still, we're haters. At the end of the day, is I am picking Aaron Donald in this matchup. I do believe in the heart of my heart that. St. Louis will win this game, unfortunately. Los Angeles. I'm picking the Rams. Yeah, well, I'm picking. Yeah, did I say Sandy? Uh, What did I say? Yeah, you said St. Louis. No, they're the St. Louis Rams to me. They are the Los Angeles Rams to everybody else. Is Aaron Donald is a Los Angeles Ram, and Todd Gurley is amazing, but also. In my heart of hearts, I truly believe that New Orleans will win this game, but I'm picking the L.A. Rams because I hate the fucking Saints. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, what other reason do you need, man? You never pull for the yep. division rival. Um, yeah, but listen, though, I do think that the I, I, I'm not just picking the Rams um, because I hate the Saints. I do think that Los Angeles – they, they, I mean, Los Angeles does have a good football team, and uh, they have revenge yeah, on the brain, man. Aaron Donald yeah. is the best football player I've ever yeah. seen. At this Aaron point. Donald is is ridiculous. He's already a, a Hall of Fame football player, in my opinion, when you look at what he does from the defensive tackle position. They, they, look, they'll put two players on him. They'll double-team him, sometimes triple-team him. And he'll still nothing. get to the quarterback. Yeah. Um, the so, monster. Excuse yeah, me. No, he's, he's insane. He's insane. And um, the the Patriots over the Chiefs, man. Uh, or the Chiefs and the Patriots. Uh, who do you have in that one? I am picking the Chiefs because I hate the Patriots again, assholes. <laughs> Use the language at this point, but I am really upset. I hate the teams. Imagine this. Imagine having to watch a Saints Patriot Super Bowl. Reminds me a lot of the 2016 Super Bowl where I had to go to the bar and I wore a sign. If you don't remember, if you guys fail to remember, 
Donald Trump had won the presidential election because of the electoral college rather than the general vote, right? The overall popular vote, which, hey, look, I'm not here to debate whether or not that should happen. For me, though, is I had to go to the bar on the heels of this election and then watch the Patriots play the Falcons after the Panthers had squandered one of the greatest seasons in NFL history. And so instead of watching the game, I went there and protest, wore a sign that said, not my Super Bowl. And every time they played the football game, I turned my back and instead I watched the commercials. So I watched the television when the commercials were on. I turned my back to the game. Cody, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this, is that I'm pulling for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm calling Chiefs and Rams. I believe it's going to be Chiefs and Saints. I pray that the Chiefs or the Rams win the Super Bowl, not my Super Bowl. Expect me to protest. Imagine if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan and the Super Bowl is in Atlanta. Oh, my. But listen, hold on. Imagine the division rival Saints are playing. The Patriots, who, come on, I don't Mm. even need to say anymore, man. 28 to 3. Falcons fans will never live that one down. That is a nightmare. That is a nightmare scenario. This is a fantastic <laughs> point. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, um, I do think. Um, yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm picking the. the Imagine that. Imagine the Saints winning the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is in Atlanta, right? Correct. This season. Yeah, it's in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. Yeah. Imagine the Saints coming in there. Imagine Saints Patriots if you're a Falcons fan. What a bitch ass outcome that is. You know, like there's zero good outcome. If you are a Falcons fan, would you prefer hosting? Who would you prefer to win? You would commit suicide right then. Seppuku. Yeah, yeah, listen, if you're That's a Falcons fan, you're, you're, you're doing like Imagine, that. You're Imagine if the Patriots and Falcons played in Bank of America for the God-forsaken Super Bowl. Yeah. No, listen, oh I know, man. I, I know the they're, they're they're doing like us. They're pulling for the Chiefs and the um I hope they um, all kill themselves. Sorry. <laughs> this is my final thought on the playoffs. I think that the um the I'm pulling for the Rams and the Chiefs. I'm vehemently pulling for them, but I think you're probably um you're probably going to end up seeing the, the Saints and the Patriots. But, hey, maybe I'm mm. wrong. That would be amazing if the two oldest quarterbacks in the history of the world, you know what I'm yeah, saying? You're talking bro. about a 41-year-old and 39-year-old. I'm picking Chiefs, Saints, technically. I hope it's Chiefs, Rams, but who knows? All right, let's get to these ice up picks. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Smash the thumbs up button 
if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube right now and you haven't smashed the thumbs up button, this is freaking weird. You watched two hours of a show and couldn't smash the damn thumbs up button once. Share the show with a friend. Cody, who do you got for an ice up pick? So, yeah, man. Uh, as you all know, I am a Clemson Tiger diehard. And um, the the Tigers were in the news. And listen, we try not to talk about politics. Inevitably, we end up talking about politics. Every but week. It, it feels that way. But listen, man, you're a national championship football team. And you get to go to the White House. To the White House. You're expecting a nice time. You know, you're going to meet the president. And whether you love him or hate him, whatever, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But then you're expecting a meal fit for champions. But Donald Trump has to be Donald Trump and put politics into this again to try and make a point to Democrats during this whole government shutdown. And Donald Trump decided that he was going to go a different route with the dinner from my national champion, Clemson Tigers. We have pizzas. We have 300 hamburgers. Many, many French fries. All of our favorite foods. I want to see what's here while we leave. Because I don't think it's going to be much. The reason we did this is because of the shutdown. Uh, We want to make sure that everything is right. So we sent out. We got this. And we have some wonderful people working at the White House. They helped us out with this. And uh, I will say the Republicans are really, really sticking together. It's great to see because we need what the security. What the fuck does this got to do with anything? No doubt about it. Should have happened right. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. And it's going to happen now. going to happen now. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks, guys. Enjoy yeah. your food. <clears throat> Go ahead. Oh, God. Go to get them. Get them. Clank it. I'm ready. I'm ready. So listen, man, listen, I don't care if you love Donald Trump or if you hate Donald Trump. Donald Trump could have gone out of his way a little bit more to to give these players a championship meal. They didn't have to leave South Carolina to go to McDonald's and go to Wendy's, man. And the fact of the matter is, is Donald Trump did this for one fucking reason, man. He did it for one reason. It was to say, oh, but the Democrats, they shut down the government, and it's up to them, my border wall, ba 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 ba. So, hey, you know, this is what I did. Aren't I a nice, nice man for, uh, oh, look, the beautiful salads and the, 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 the filet of fish. I mean, come on, dude. My the national championship. The oh, guy yeah, for were... fried fish from fucking McDonald's. Filet of fish. Um, Chicken nuggets, man. And look, there wasn't even heat lamps over the food. And all of it had been out for hours, man. It wasn't even hot, fast food. I'll eat that shit. I'll eat that shit. Let me tell you that. The first time in the history of the C3 Panthers podcast, we're doing a dual ice up. Yeah, this is both. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. This is like, I have nothing more 
Dodge, when you told me this is what you were icing up, I was like, all right, well, I guess that makes sense because we made you pick a nice up pick. But it doesn't make sense because I have had nothing in my life more dis- more troubling than this moment. This moment right here, right now, folks, is a moment where humanity needs to question itself. And let me tell you this. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to build off of Cody's ice up pig on the very fact is that either Donald Trump is the greatest internet troll in the history of the world and a legend going forward because he is fucking with us. The idea that you're going to bring these people here and then feed them McDonald's, Burger Kings, as he says, or Wendy's and some pizzas. It's the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard. How about this? Don't feed them shit. Bring them through the... Bring them through the White House, then give them a, a fucking cup of coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like something that costs like 12 cents. But to try to turn this moment into one where we... Like, here's the thing. You look like an asshole and a dickhead at the end of the day. You wanted to act like that the government was shut down. And fine. Who cares? But I don't even want to take my kids on a buffet of those restaurants. This was the most bizarre moment, arguably, in the history of America. Let's put it that way, folks. Ask me this. is You can send me a message at cat underscore chronicles on Twitter and tell me this. What was a moment? Not where someone intentionally did something. Don't be like, well, this person owns slaves or this person cheated on their wife. That's an intentional moral trepidation or something. But in this moment, my man tried to say, this is a celebration, but we're going to give you the worst shit in the world and act like you should be thankful for it. So to me, this is a dual ice up pick, Cody. I could go on and on and on about it. Yeah, uh, and listen, uh, there are some people in the chat that kind of disagree with us. This is what I'm saying. Uh, Listen, I eat fast food, man. I eat fast food all the time. I didn't go to the damn White House. Imagine going to the fucking Gordon Ramsay's restaurant and the motherfucker gave you fucking magic sauce. And you're like, this is fucking a thousand island and ketchup mixed together. And that you'd be like, well, no shit. And I'm sure the players, they're not going to go there and say, oh, we don't want this. I mean, you're a troll move. This is an yeah. internet troll move. You can't and, be like, oh, I don't want your nuggets, you dick fucking president. And listen, shout out to B. Ambos. 
at least give them some Zaxby's or something. Yeah, where was the Chick-fil-A, <laughs> man? Where was the Chick-fil-A? No, there's no yeah. Zaxby's, there's no Chick-fil-A. Come on, man. These boys are from South Carolina. Come on, dog. I mean, you can where do better than that, Where the fuck is man. the Bojangles at, you bitch-ass motherfucker? Yeah, oh, man. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, dude, you could have done good. better than that. It wasn't the fact that it was fast food. Is that it was a moment that a lot of these players are going to remember. This shit was insulting. This is the most insulting. And and by the way, more insulting moment in American history. Honestly. Like, I mean, why even do it? That's my point. That's my point. You can look. the, The supporters will be like, hey, well, this guy sucked this bitches, whatever. Like, they're going to point. They're going to be like, what about this? What about this? What about this? My point, ultimately, is screw all of that. Why even do it, period? Why? Why? Why have a freaking... And I feel like in the shadow of Michelle Obama's health garden... They made those kids freaking eat French fries till they roused. <laughs> you know, this I mean, it's, last, like, it's is, like, why are you doing yeah. this? This is the last thing I'll say about it, man. It, it, you know, Donald Trump, he did this to make a point uh, uh, that, that was about I, politics. So by, so, by the way, the, the, whole, the whole reason I, I made this my ISO pick is because I'm saying that Donald Trump made this about politics. He he could have gone out of his way for the national championship football team that deserved a little bit better going all the way from Clemson to the White House. I mean, their trainers don't want them to eat that kind of trash. They're football players. So listen, man, I've said my piece. To Donald Trump, ice up, son. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, good. my, My piece is this. Is that hard to ice up a mug when you say this? It's like you'd either go hang out with Donald Trump and the cocaine and the hookers. And I'd be like, hmm, interesting. Right? Or hang out with the opposite, which is reality. And that is, I mean, good God. It's just such a tough thing. Ice up, guys. It is tremendous. I have been so disheartened, Cody, by this. It's like, I'd be like, God, good God, I feel like I should hold myself to a higher standard. And then we look up, and you're like, you're trying to eat a salad, and these motherfuckers are just pounding fried chicken wings and fake chicken nuggets. Chicken nuggets. All right. My name's Tony Dunn. This is a C3 podcast brought to you by carolinacatchronicles.com. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Cody, how can they find you prior to next week's show? At Cody Lacks, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. On Twitter, I talk about anything and everything you want. Panther football, Clemson Tiger football, but anything, man. Uh, tomorrow on drafttech.com, there's a brand new mock draft coming out. Um, hit me up about these picks, man. We're going to be more involved with free agency stuff coming out with players um, in free agency and with players in the draft. 
So yeah, man, hit me up. That's where you find me. Um, to KS uh, Harris, who says it's it's hard to take a guy slurring his words seriously. Well, check us out an hour and a half ago. We were talking about the Panthers news and wasn't slurring. <laughs> ah, what up? But the point point is we'll be back here next Tuesday night, 9 p.m., carolinacatchronicles.com. You can follow us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. And look, the number is 252-228-5098. The cat calls line one more time, 252 252- Two two eight fifty ninety eight and uh, Cody. It was a blast talking Carolina Panthers football. We'll see you next Tuesday. Absolutely, man. Everybody have a good night. Keep pounding. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.